feel like I, I do. I really do feel all the injuries that I've had were like blessings in disguise in the sense that I've, I am a stronger athlete mentally because of it. Um, I would say through the process, I have my confidence beat up. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like in those moments where you're like, yeah, you're just not sure if you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Hmm. Um, but I feel like when you are injured, and I, I was talking about this before, that's when I learned the mo- how important it is to be able to focus on yourself. Hello, and welcome to Before the Lights podcast, stories behind high performers. I'm your host, Brittany Wilson. Today, I'm going to be talking to Felicia George. She has competed in both track and field and bobsleigh in the summer and winter Olympics. Today, we're going to cover topics such as self-awareness, confidence, rest, and even redefining success. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Again, if you do, please screenshot this, share it on any of your social media outlets, but just be sure to tag me and Felicia. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get to it. Hi, Felicia. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I've been so excited to have you. I'm super excited to share your story today. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So um, we talked about this a little bit, but just what have you been up to recently? Um, For the people that don't know, you're a two-sport athlete, um, both a winter and summer Olympian, which is amazing. Um, Just tell us what you've been up to lately. Um, So yeah, last I shouldn't say last year, February, I competed in the Winter Olympics in bobsleigh. Um, and then I've been transitioning back to track and field kind of since then. Um, so right now I'm back to track and field, kind of going through my base season, uh, getting ready for the 2019 season where we'll have World Championships and then uh, Summer Olympics mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in 2020. Wow. I, that's a lot, too. So... I feel like because you're a two-sport athlete, where does the balance come in with that? Like, where are your thoughts in between seasons of each sport and everything like that? And do you focus 100% on one when it's time for that? Or is there kind of like a balance between the two? Yeah, I kind of do it in chunks. Um, So when I was doing bobsleigh, um, I was like fully doing bobsleigh. Um, So Mm -hmm. I was out there from kind of started training through the summer and then um september moved out to calgary and then i was just fully training for bobsleigh but then that's even getting ready for the winter olympics hmm. um and then now getting ready for the summer olympics i'm transitioning back to track so um it's hard to transition back and forth in terms of like trying to do both within us in a cycle or within a year because i have to gain weight to do bobsleigh hmm. and so the back and forth is really hard yeah. um and the systems that they work are very different. So I found it best if I, um, so, you know, these next two years are going to be dedicated to track and field. um, And then, you know, after that, looking into transitioning back to bobsleigh like that. Yeah. Mm. How is that for you from a mental standpoint? Like, because both are so intense and both require like a very intense amount of training, Um, And I heard you talk about it a little bit on some of your videos, just like, where's your mindset at in regards to still having fun with everything and making sure it's not too crazy to where you get overwhelmed or anything like that? Right. Um, Well, I will honestly say like doing bobsleigh was like a huge help for me to like 
kind of remind me to have fun again. Because um, previously, before that, um, I started as a track and field athlete, and track has been like my life mm-hmm. <laughs> since I was like 15, and you know, turning professional. And then it definitely got to a point where it felt more like a stress in my life than it was like something that was fun to do. And mm-hmm. so, kind of taking that step away from it was really helpful. Um, and now going back to track, I kind of have that perspective again. But I feel like my biggest thing with that is understanding that, like, how blessed I am to have the opportunity to play sports um, and to compete in sports at a high level and keeping that perspective as opposed to thinking of it as this thing that's, like, kind of bogging down in us. And I know we, we want to perform really well, and so that um, – kind of weighs on us sometimes but also remembering that it's a choice and remembering that this is an opportunity that's given to us and um just going out and having fun because of that yeah yeah and also you mentioned that you started track um when you were 15 years old or it came a big part of your life I'm not exactly sure when you started it but how how did that all start in your life and kind of how did that take over and and uh, become such a big part of your life yeah, so, like, my earliest <laughs> memories of, like, running, mm-hmm. um, I used to, like, race my dad in parking lots when I was a little kid, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just slowly got a little faster until mm-hmm. I was beating him, and elementary school, like, I, we had those play days, I don't know if you guys had play days, mm-hmm. but um, I used to be the fastest kid in the school, and everybody, you know, mm-hmm. kind of told me, like, you should get a coach, like, you should start training, and um, I didn't start doing that until high school, mm-hmm. and I just went up to a university one day, and there was a coach had a track club and I started training um with that track club uh at that time we were training maybe three days a week Hmm. and then kind of from there it was just you know um a big part of my life um so competing in that and then slowly getting better and then I eventually got a scholarship a full athletic scholarship to go to University of Connecticut Hmm. and then yeah, I, I don't know. Everything kind of just like rolled <laughs> after that. Yeah, and I love I love how it started from you just simply wanting to beat your dad or something, just competing right. for fun. And I think that's such yeah. an important thing to remember too. I mean, I even sometimes I'm like, it does like you've said before, like it does almost start to feel like a job. But that's when you gotta change your mindset and be like, why did I start this? Why am I doing this? And like you said, like it, it is a huge blessing to be able to right. do. Um, a sport at any point in your life whether you're an Olympian or if you're just playing in college or whatever it is but I think that's such a cool way to start and probably going back to that day helps you continue to this day right yeah exactly like you said like just thinking about like why did I start and like remembering the feelings in those moments right and I think Mm -hmm. all of us can remember how we initially you know started competing if you know we do do a sport Mm -hmm. and that rawness of it and hmm. there's no extra stress there's no pressure you're a little kid like you're just having fun and yeah. so um I definitely try and bring that into what I do now yeah when would you say that you first felt the pressures of wanting to perform and how did that look like to you and obviously um you're performing on such a big stage now how do you get over those pressures and kind of use that to your to to perform in a way right um, I will say the pressure probably started in university, mm-hmm. uh, um, or maybe like my last year 
it's like when I, I whenever I feel like I have something on the line. So my last year of, of high school, kind of being like, man, I really want to get a scholarship, mm-hmm. and feeling like I have to perform well to, to kind of get that. And in university, it was like, you know, the NCAA is really hard, <laughs> yeah. competitive, and aggressive, and um, and if you're not performing, your coaches will let you know <laughs> that. And you know, so mm-hmm. um, I think that was the first time I really experienced. Um, pressure in that sense and really wanting to perform and wanting to be better um but I think I think competitive environments like that are they bring the best out of you and I I 100% feel like I became a better athlete (laughs) because of those moments because of the moments where because I actually remember my freshman year I didn't make any finals at conference Mm -hmm. and I was so mad at myself and I just said I'm that's never happening again (laughs) I'm never going to let that happen again. Mm -hmm. And I think it's another thing that I feel like I've learned is like in terms of using the pressure, it's like putting in the work and using that as a motivation for what you want Mm -hmm. type of thing. So those next few years, I I feel like I stepped up my game in terms of how hard I was working and the diligence that I brought to uh, my craft because of, you know, feeling like man I, I really want to make a final at conference I want to be you know a medalist at that conference um and then I feel like going into like Olympics and all those other bigger meets I think you get prepped because you've been doing it for so long mm-hmm. but at the same time I think some of the best advice that I ever got was basically to treat any of those major championships like it's another track meet mm-hmm. um and I think sometimes we think, oh, I have this big thing coming up and I got to do something extra because it's this big thing. Yeah. But you know what to do. Like your body knows what to do. That's why, that's why we practice. That's why we put all this time in so mm-hmm. that in those big moments, you'll be ready. Um, and so I treat any, I treat, I go to the Olympics and I pretend like it's not the Olympics. Like yeah. I'm at the line and I'm just, there's a track <laughs> and there's 10 hurdles and I'm just going to do what I do all the time. Yeah. And I know, and I feel like sometimes we can be our own worst enemies in that, in, like you said, thinking you have to do something more, which ends up hurting you. And it's really just the day in and day out, um, making sure your training looks like, you know, the game or the race, something like that. So what's your approach to training in that aspect then? Like, do you think about competing while you're training? Do you think about your times? What's your approach uh, in that sense? Um, I will say for the most, I guess, I mean, it depends on what the workout is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's in a, if I'm in practice and I'm in a competitive environment in the sense that like let's say we're lining up in blocks Mm -hmm. and so this is we're mimicking um what competition will feel like Mm -hmm. the biggest thing that I try to do in those moments is focus on myself Hmm. I think it's very important especially for track and field to be able to be in tune with yourself and to be able to execute and focus on yourself while other things are happening around you Hmm. and you don't win races by focusing on the person in the lane next to you, you have to do what you know how to do. Um, And I'm sure, same thing with you, like when you're on the soccer field, you gotta be in tune with yourself and what you're doing. So I think I try and bring high intensity, Mm -hmm. um, but high intensity in the sense, but also being able to be focused on myself and not being, there's this like 
weird flow where it's like you're bringing aggression but mm. you're like relaxed yeah that's, that, that's literally track and field like mm. it's relaxed aggression and you're not trying to run you're flowing and like letting everything happen mm. and so I, as much as possible if I'm in a comp- in practice that's what I try to mimic yeah that's an interesting like way to think about it too it's like you want to be as relaxed as possible as possible while giving your all and it's kind of I think it's a hard thing to learn I don't think it's as easy as it as it might like seem to be like oh okay I get that but I feel like practicing it over and over is the only way you can possibly do that and I feel like sometimes, I was gonna say so sometimes you feel it randomly yeah and it's like just trying to figure out like what happened yeah. in that moment mm-hmm. like how do I tap into that more yeah. 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 Do you have visual? Do you do like visualizations for that, or do you try to just think back to the moments before the race, or is it just kind of? Does it just flow? Um, I would. I think more so feeling. And I, I honestly, as I've gotten older as an athlete, one of the biggest things that I've realized is so essential for athletes mm-hmm. is self awareness. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had developed that as a younger athlete. Yeah. <laughs> but. No, like understanding how your body's moving, understanding when your body needs rest, understanding, you know, why something is happening. Like you have to be able to kind of like tap into what's going on with your body. And so like, like I was saying, like if you randomly kind of feel that flow, it's like being able to kind of think back, what did I feel? Like what was, what was my mind thinking at that time? And being able to have that awareness of what's going on with yourself. Hmm. Yeah. And with the flow, too, I'm sure you can, uh, obviously, you're a very competitive person. You know, you have to be to compete at the level that that you do. But I feel like there's somewhat of a line between competitiveness and then, like, focusing on yourself. Like you said, I feel like being too competitive in a sense where you are just competing with the other people on the track instead of competing with yourself, that can almost be detrimental. So what do you do to kind of, like, keep the reins on that and make sure you're competing with yourself rather than just wanting to beat out the person next to you, you know? Um, I mean, I think a big part of like, like you said, it's like, you got to be competitive, like you want to win, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is focusing on yourself. And I think my biggest thing is just, I notice it if I don't trust myself or if I feel like I haven't prepared, I don't feel confident. And so then my eyes are everywhere else because I don't trust what I'm doing. I don't trust that I know what to do. So I always say preparation is the greatest confidence. Hmm. Um, I want to be able to step on the line with no doubts and no worries that I'm, um, am I prepared? Am I ready? Um, And I mean, sometimes, you know, that's you, let's say you get injured or whatever, or it's your first race. And I think my biggest thing is like, just letting go in the moment being like hey like I can't control everything here right now Mm -hmm. but I'm gonna just have one or two cues that I'm gonna use to like hold on to to keep me within myself as opposed to like focusing on other people yeah definitely that makes sense that makes sense you you also mentioned the self-awareness piece and I think that ties in pretty well um about rest I think that's a really hard thing for a lot of athletes to do and to focus on so what what is your approach to rest and taking care of your body in the same way that you go out and give your all in training right well I think like that was a pretty good statement that you just said right there like I treat rest and recovery Mm -hmm. 
like it's a workout. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the times we like we get so amped and we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I got this workout. I'm going to crush it. And you go so hard on that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's it. You're done. Like you need to bring that type of intensity and that type of um, seriousness to rest and recovery. Yeah. And I've, yeah. I've had, you know, enough injuries to know um, what it is to sit, you know, have to sit out and to not be able to perform. Um, and I've also realized that a lot of the things that we go through when we are injured are, you, if you're proactive about it, you can prevent them. Hmm. And as athletes, we're constantly pushing ourselves to the limit, always. Like if you're trying to be the best, you're literally trying to teeter totter on getting injured hmm. and, and performing at the highest level, right? So, yeah. um, for me, I don't play with sleep. So I'm <laughs> in bed by like nine o'clock. Yes. I get at least 10 hours of sleep. Like, <laughs> that's like not even like that's not negotiable for me um i have a recovery plan that i do every day after practice um and it's a level of stretching and mobility work um over the years i've kind of identified my like hot spots my areas that tend to you know get tighter my mm-hmm. areas that tend to have issues so i make sure i stay on top of those things before mm-hmm. there's even an issue yeah um so usually i'll take maybe you know it's not even super long, 15 minutes after practice, mm-hmm. and I'll do that work. Yeah. Um, and then there's the regular ice baths, um, contrast baths, Epsom salt baths, um, all of that stuff. But mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is mobility um, and making sure you're keeping your body mobile through stretching or whatever work. Probably you, if you have an SNC coach, that'd be good to talk to them about mm-hmm. and sleep. Yeah. And I think another thing that all some athletes do is like going too hard on the days that you're supposed to go easy. Huh, yeah. Like if your coach puts in a day where it's like, this is a rest day or this is a day where it's supposed to be easy, don't bring the intensity up on that day because mm-hmm. that is your rest day, yeah. you know? Um, so, and I, you know, you see it on the track sometimes where like, let's say you might be running and you have something, but it's supposed to just be like flowing and, and easy and people are running really hard and it's like, but now you have to come back tomorrow mm-hmm. and you've taxed a system that you weren't supposed to be in and now you have to like it's almost like you had two back-to-back workouts so you know it's i think the best athletes bring all their energy and intensity on the hard days and on the rest and recovery days they do the least yeah (laughs) you know what i mean i know and i feel like i feel like that's something i've had to learn and honestly i'm still learning throughout college it's because i don't know i feel like you understand as well and and you're probably that way because you said you learned it eventually but it's just you feel like if you just go hard every single day, like maybe that'll make your your goals happen. Maybe then you'll get to the next level, right? And when do you think you learned that you needed to do that? When do you think you became more self-aware and able to take those rest days? Um, I had a really big injury in 2013. Um, I had to sit out the whole year. So I was coming off of competing in my first Olympics. Mm-hmm. I, made my, I made the Olympic finals. I came fifth. And I was like, a year out of college and so you know like in 2012 I was like man my career is about to take off Mm -hmm. and then 2013 I get injured and I literally can't compete the whole year Hmm. um and then I had to do a rehab program so I think that rehab program really taught me about bringing attention and purpose to the smaller things Hmm. um and taught me how to be self-aware with my body and how my body is moving 
Um, and then just in reflection with kind of what I did leading into the, the Olympics, um, I worked really, really hard that year. I don't know if I worked smart <laughs> because my body basically broke down after that. And that's when I saw, like, you can get the same results um, without beating yourself up. And I think I think the biggest thing is, like, we all think more is more. If mm. I just do the most, I'm going to be, you know, I'll be able to, like, take it to the next level. But there has to be a level of trust with you and your coach um, that you guys are putting together the best program for you. And if your coach is doing that, um, you should be able to feel comfortable within taking those rest days. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that you had to learn it through the injury as well, but I know they're all like, all injuries are super telling of, you know, they, they force you to take time to slow yeah. down and really think about everything. So how did that affect you mentally? What ways, I know you talked about, you know, honing in on the smaller things, but what other ways did the injuries in your life make you um, focus on different things than if you had been healthy? Right. Um, I feel like I, I do. I really do feel all the injuries that I've had were like blessings in disguise, in the sense that I, I am a stronger athlete mentally because of it. Um, I would say through the process, I have my confidence beat up, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like in those moments where you're like, yeah, you're just not sure if you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Hmm. Um. But I feel like when you are injured, and I, I was talking about this before, that's when I learned the mo- how important it is to be able to focus on yourself. And not just within a race, but yeah. to be able to focus on yourself through practice, through a year. And to, I think, and you know, we're in the age of social media and all that stuff. It's easy to look at what other people are doing yeah. and, and question yourself. But hmm. everything is a process. And when you are injured, um, it's more than ever a process to like take the time to get back, take the time to then slowly ease into to um, competing. Um, and so you can't look at what other people are doing. And I think I spent some years being injured, looking at other people and focusing on all the wrong things and literally seeing no results because of that. And physically being ready to go, but mentally being so beat up. And then once you become aware of that, you will be stronger because when you're able to focus on yourself and slowly just work your way on your timeline, um, you'll be able to be in the best position for yourself. Yeah. How did you, how did you get that confidence back? Cause you were saying, you know, at some points you didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel and, and, you know, from our point of view, it's like, you're a Olympian medalist, all this stuff. And, and you had a point where you didn't have confidence, you know, it's hard to, from the outside, <laughs> see that, but how did you, how did you get through that? Um, I think the biggest thing is like putting your head down and literally just trying to see the few steps in front of you. Hmm. And I'm a big person in terms of like, yeah, I might have a really big goal, but I've got to break it down into smaller things that I feel like I can manage and I can chew. And I think when you don't feel confident, it's hard to look at the big thing. Um, And so um, I would just focus on the little steps like just literally just thinking about walking and just taking left foot right foot left foot right foot Mm -hmm. like put my head down and just do that yeah and hopefully if you do that long enough (laughs) without (laughs) thinking about all the outside stuff you get to a place where your body is physically ready and back Mm 
and you know you don't really feel find the confidence till you compete and you see a little glimmer of it again hmm. but you have to kind of put your head down and do the work and, and just focus on those small things so that you can, can get to the point where your body is ready to do yeah. that um yeah yeah and and that totally really resonated with me too and I think it's the same thing as game day confidence or race day confidence because if you're focusing on all the outside factors or where you could mess up or what's going to happen if this happens, you know what I mean? Instead, if you focus on just the small things you have to do, just the here and now, I think that's probably how you can get the most confidence, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing also is like being present. Hmm. Um, And like you said, like... I use, you know, those small cues or things, whatever I need to work on to help me be present because a lot of that stuff is you worrying about stuff that hasn't happened or worrying about the outcome um, or worrying about what somebody might say. None of this exists, (laughs) but other than in our mind, right? And, um, but yeah, it's just focusing on your little things that you can do. And I mean, I think another thing that I've also used is, um, and I can say this through bobsleigh, um, I think sometimes when we are so outcome focused, hmm. it's hard to find confidence if you aren't finding the outcomes that you want. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I'll start to redefine what success is going to look like for me. Um, and so when I was struggling in bobsleigh, because um, Winter Olympics was coming, didn't look like I was going to make the team, I was comparing myself to the other girls. And I, before practice, I would just write down, like, if I, I would choose two things that weren't outcome-based, but were more process-based. And it's like, if I did those two things, that was a successful practice for me. Hmm. And then you can find little small tidbits to, like, be like, yeah, I did that. I set up to do this and I did that. But it wasn't based on, you know, a time or anything like that. It was like, you know, did I execute the way I wanted to? Cool. Hmm. Uh, that was successful for me. Huh. And then you, you buy you. It's little confidences, and then you know when the time comes, you hopefully just get it done. <laughs> yeah. No, I really like that because, I mean, not that everything is uncontrollable in getting a time or winning a game, but there are so many uncontrollables that if you can redefine that success or what success for that day means for you, I think that'll ultimately lead to better outcomes and I I can totally see that working that's awesome what what would you say your other cues are um that you kind of think of you've mentioned cues a few times just focusing on just a few of them um on a race or during practice or something like that what what are those for you um so it's going to be something technical for the most part um well sometimes I I guess like for me if I'm sprinting like I'll think about, I'll just think knees in the beginning. And that's just to help cue me to like bring my knees up. Um, it's usually, it's something very simple, very um, easy to grasp. Sometimes, um, you know, same thing if I'm sprinting, I'll just think rise. Hmm. So to make sure that I'm running tall and not sitting. Um, hmm. But I'll just have like one or two words um, within that. I'm trying to think of what I had while I was doing bobsleigh. Hmm. Um, all patience was one because Mm. when you fall into the sled you don't want to hit the sled too early Mm. um and a big part of um 
bobsleigh is pushing. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a sprinter, I wanted to like run behind the sled as opposed to push. Hmm. And so I had to teach myself to be patient, to spend time on the ground, to yeah. let my leg, like my get that full extension. And so sometimes when I would be, you know, pushing, I would just tell myself patience, patience. Um, hmm. So I'll usually choose one or two words like that um, hmm. to just like quick reminders. And it's just when you're thinking that you're not thinking about other stuff. Right? Yeah. Like you're not thinking about like, oh, I wonder if this person thinks this about me you're just thinking what you need to be doing right yeah just making sure your focus is on the right things I like that Mm -hmm. so back to the Olympics I know you mentioned that you were the first Canadian black woman to compete at both the summer and winter Olympics Mm -hmm. that's pretty huge what what does that mean to you um you know what's so funny I didn't really realize it um until like at like once I like made the team like in the like the lead up but it wasn't like something that I was like hey this is something I'm going after mm-hmm. um but to me I just thought it was like one making history in, in at first I was like super proud of myself for that yeah um and I think a big thing about actually when I was doing bobsleigh one of the things I would say is like it's only impo- impossible until it's done and I think sometimes when, you know, something hasn't been done before, you look at it like, oh, there's no there's no way it can be done. But sometimes it's like not being afraid to just take that leap of faith into like this abyss where you don't really see where you're going, um, but just trusting and embracing that uncertainty. Um, and I mean, I think to me, I was just really proud of myself in terms of creating representation for um, young girls, for young black girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if representation matters for, you know, I think girls seeing, you know, women competing at a high level in sport is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think doing it uh, successfully, but being feminine and all of that, I think mm-hmm. that's super important. Yeah. I love that outlook too of just wanting to influence that next generation and make them just as successful or or more successful, you know? You're just hoping for that influence and and obviously I can see from all your insight and and just who you are that you're completely that amazing role model. So, it's oh, just awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I usually just end off with uh, two big picture questions. Um, the first one is if you could go back before you started track, before you started sports in general, um, what are one or two pieces of advice that you'd tell yourself with everything that you've learned up until this point? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's pretty hard to pick. <laughs> but um, just any any lessons that you think could have been useful back then um putting you on the spot (laughs) yeah I mean I think the biggest thing that I would tell myself is to just focus on like my path and and my way of doing things um getting to know myself as an athlete and not trying to fit into uh you know what other people say is how it's supposed to be done you know Mm -hmm. what I mean Um, like I said before I think self-awareness is one of the greatest um, assets an athlete can have so Mm -hmm. I would try and encourage myself to figure myself out as early as possible Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) 
and yeah. the importance of that. Um, and I would just tell myself that it is not going to be smooth sailing, hmm. um, but to trust that things will always work itself out. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. And my last one is if you never had sports in your life, never had track, bobsleigh, any of that, what are some of the ways that you'd want to be fi- to be defined? Like, in what ways would you want people to remember you? Mm. Um, I want to be remembered <laughs> as someone who was a free spirit and not afraid to be herself. And I want to be remembered as someone who also genuinely cared for other people. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. So thank you again so much for taking your time to do this and for always being yourself, speaking your truth, and just being that role model that so many people can look up to, including myself. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Yes, it was awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much again for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's story. Again, if you did, please help us share this on any of your social media outlets. I hope today's story inspired you to go out, live your story, and don't be afraid to share it.